Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Sexy. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Mike Harge. Broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether they're auto, life, home, or renters. Give him a call. His number is 210-641-4000. He can find you the cheapest rate out there because he represents over 40 different carriers. Again, that is Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the Sports Drive. All right, so right now we're going to be joined by Gene Watson. He's the VP and Assistant GM of Scouting for the Kansas City Royals. How are you doing this afternoon, Gene? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing all right, man. I'd like to thank you, first off, for taking your time out of your busy schedule to uh, join us. Um, and, you know, really, Gene, um, I was excited to talk to you because I never really talked to a GM before of scouting. And I think the the main thing, the first question that I wanted to get to you and have you put out there is that, Explain to the audience and the people, because we do have some seam heads that listen to the show, but, and I know we deal in the era of fantasy football and rotisserie baseball and that, but in real life, explain to the listeners on really what go, because I know you were part of the 2015 Royals that won the World Series. So explain to the listeners on what the actual grind of being in scouting and in, in the GM role, assistant GM role, but the actual grind when it goes to building a championship team and building a team that's going to be competitive in baseball to hopefully play deep into this time of year where we're at right now heading into October. What goes into that? Well, really, I think it's an understanding of it's going to be an extremely long journey for any player that hopes to not only play college or professional baseball, but to reach the major league level and then be a part of a championship team. Uh, you know, Mike, Mike was an un- incredible high school player and a very high pick uh, in the major league draft. And he, he can speak more than anybody to the, to how challenging it truly is to play even one day at the major league level. But, but really it's identifying uh, the tools and makeup of a young player, uh, the desire to play the game. And then it's, it's the scouts vision of that player coming alongside the player and sharing the vision of that player to an organization. And then once you get them into professional baseball, it's just coming alongside them and aiding them with the best coaches and managers and information that you can find to help them become not only the best players that they can possibly be, but the best, you know, husbands, fathers, employees, all of those things kind of embody what we look for when we're trying to select a player and take them along the journey to the major league level. Well, Gino, hey, first off, thanks for coming on to the show. It's always good talking to you. I appreciate you. Hey, by the way, Gino's from the 254, and, uh, you know, we <laughs> represent all day, every day. But, Gene, I wanted to ask you this. You know, players like a Bobby Witt Jr., and you don't have to go into detail with him, but he's someone that's in your minor league system that uh, one day will probably be a cornerstone for what you're trying to do 
at the major league level with the Kansas City Royals. But you 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 also won a World Series with the Florida Marlins, and that was when their inception was really happening. So you had to go out and find different players. And so we we've talked about this before about the Tampa Bay Rays. Their organization has done an unbelievable job from top to bottom of finding those types of players in which you have been searching for and you have been trying to build. So when you go into the scouting department and you're trying to do some of the things that you're doing right now, what are some of the things, I know you can't give out all the secrets, but what are some (laughs) of the things that you guys are looking for in trying to develop that long history of good baseball players that can help you win championships? Yeah, I think the the overall assessment uh, for each individual scout when you're evaluating the player is the tools, the physical tools that the player has. Uh, You look at the statistics and and how they performed against the best competition. You try to identify what the maximum role of the player is going to be. The real big one beyond the physical tools and strength of the player is the makeup because, Mike, as you know, this game is incredibly hard to play, and there's not one player that's ever played a day of professional baseball that hasn't had a great deal of adversity, you know, in their lives on the field, off the field, whatever it may be. And so the, that internal, that internal drive and the makeup of a player to accept failure and, and understand that there's going to be bumps along the road um, is, is a big part of it. And then you've got the risk aspect of it. And every player that comes across my my desk every day, I look at those attributes, the tools, the statistics, the role, the makeup, and the risk. And from there, you have a, you have a medical analysis, uh, you have a financial analysis, and then you also have an analytical analysis. And so all of those things kind of go into one big melting pot. And, and the key to all of it is, is making sure that you do diligence on every player that co- we do diligence on every player that comes across our desk at the professional level as far as, you know, how does this guy fit? And it may be a situation where, you know, on September 29th, we really like the player, but it doesn't fit on our roster right now. But now next May 1st, uh, the player has a little bit more fit and it's a little less risk for us to acquire. and It's a little easier to acquire. Let me ask you this, Gene. How how has uh, really two questions for you? For one, how has the analytical part of game like changed your job over the years in regards to the analytic influx into baseball, really in all sports, but into baseball? How does that has that helped? Has it made it more difficult to judge these talents? Is a different criteria? Number two, how is it in regards to when you're tackling on as scouting? Is it different scouting for a team? Like, you know, Mike brought up the Rays and we talked about them in regards to their budget and having to be as good and not having a big payroll. And you kind of see it across baseball. Hell, even the Yankees have tried to dwindle their payroll a little bit. But is it different when you take a job in your position as scouting? If you're scouting, let's say, for a team that has a custom history of spending money and spending a lot of money, or if you're managing or scouting for the Oakland Athletics or the Rays, a team that's not really spending that much money on the field, does that change? Does that make it, you know, difficult in general that way? Is it different the way your approach, I should ask? Well, you know what? I was blessed from from day one. I was hired by a gentleman named Eddie Epstein in November of 1996 with the San Diego Padres. And Eddie was really one of the pioneers of analytics and at that time called statistical analysis. Mm. I'm with Charles Barkley. I think they call it analytics now so you could pay him more. But, uh, you know, I was on the very front end of it, and, and it was a situation where I would go in the ballpark and evaluate the players for five days. And then after five days, I would look into my boss's book 
and measure what he saw analytically versus what my visual look was. So I've been really blessed from day one to have that blend of both analytics and 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 the scout's eye. Now it has continually and will continue to evolve. And and so the trick of it is is to trying to stay up to speed with how the game is changing. And we actually had this discussion today in a meeting with our scouts about how we're going to educate them and get them to move forward because you've got guys that want to work for a long time. And so mm. they have to be caught up to speed with, with the, the data and the information and how it's applied to players. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you've got 30 teams in major league baseball. It's much like going to Baskin Robbins. You've got 31 different flavors and, you know, some teams are going to be more analytical than others. Some teams are going to be more cultural based than others. Some teams have a lot more money than others. But really, ultimately, and you know, I just left the Angels three weeks ago, and our, you know, I was out seeing free agents, you know, six weeks ago, and it was, it was, you know, it was um, the top players in all of baseball. And you know, when you come back over to a Kansas City, you kind of know when you wake up in the morning that those are not going to be the, the that's not going to be the player pool that you're fishing some fishing from. So your approach changes based on market size, financial flexibility, and really the culture of your team. But I think we've gotten to a point now where all 30 teams have the data, have the information, they blend in the scouting viewpoint. It's just, it's just what, what some teams feel are more important than others when it comes to applying all of it in one melting pot. Hmm. Gene, I'm going to leave this other question for, for Calvin because he wants to ask you about Shohei. But I want to <laughs> ask you about the playoffs and what's going on right now. Obviously, we got pennant races. You've been a part of them. You've also tasted the sweet success and the champagne at the end of it. What the Kansas – not excuse me, what the St. Louis Cardinals have done, a lot of teams have gone through these little streaks. Are they peaking at the right time? And do we need to change the way playoffs – are set up because you look at a team like the LA Dodgers and you look at the San Francisco Giants, both teams won over a hundred games. And now one of them are going to have to play in a wild card game and their season could be over. Yeah. You know, the one thing I wish it was, I wish it was two out of three. Um, the, the real tricky part about in, and both times I've, I've been a part of a world championship organization. It, it came out of the wild card spot, 2003, with the Marlins and then again in, in uh, 15 with the Royals and 14, we went and lost. And, and the thing that I would say is, you know, when you're building your roster and you get in July, you've got to have two thoughts of mind. You've got to build your team with the ceiling to win a one game in the wild card or a five game uh, in a divisional series and the, and the ceiling to win a seven game series, you got to have the depth. And so, you know, you're trying to thread that needle of building, building a very high impactful team at the top, but also having, the length and depth at the bottom of the, of the roster to try to get through seven games. I do believe that, you know, the rhythm of how teams are playing late in September is big. I, I covered the 2001 New York Yankees. And if you look at those scores early in September, they weren't losing games every night. They were getting destroyed every night and mm. they won the world series. And so there is a rhythm and timing to when a team is playing very, very well. The real tricky part is when you get that team that clinches about September 20th to 25th, and they hmm. now we're going to give our starters some time off. We're hmm. going to let and, and they kind of lose that rhythm and momentum. And now here comes the wild card team that's had to fight for every inch to get in, and they're just extremely hot. And that's what we ran into in 14 when we played the Angels, the best team in the American League, 
and we swept them in the first round. We were just so hot and had to fight for every inch, and they clinched extremely early. So I think this year's playoffs is, is just going to be a tremendous uh, thing to watch. You've got some super, super talented teams, especially in the National League, and uh, it's going to be really, really fun to watch in October. Real quick, Gene, before we get you out of here, I know we got a couple minutes before we get get out of here break, but I've got to ask you a spot that you just left. You said a few weeks ago, and like Hard alluded to it, in Angels and with Otani. Look, this is this is something we haven't really seen before. I mean, you know, a guy that sit here that could basically, you know, uh, set himself in a market for his bat and then on his arm. Um, what do you think the landscape, like, or, or is this, I mean, are we over-exaggerating, over-hyping when I'm here like, hey, this could be record-breaking and this and that? How do you see this Otani situation playing out? And do you think anytime the Angels are going to sit there and say, hey, look, either put the emphasis more that your arm is more important to us or your back, because he is some guy that's battled some injuries and already had, you know, Tommy John already. But just talk about the landscape of what we could expect with his contract and the type of numbers. Well, the the one thing that we, we really were convicted about going into spring training was to let Shohei be Shohei and mm-hmm. let him be who he is as a baseball player. And let me backtrack and tell you, I've been in the game 31 years. I've never met or seen a player like Shohei Otani. He, not only is he an unbelievable talent on the field, but he is an incredible person off the field, hmm. ultimate teammate. And that's one of the things – that we really wanted to instill him in him was, you know, you be you, but let's blend in more with the team and be a part of the team. And nobody handled it better than him. And and we, we are truly seeing arguably one of the best seasons ever by a player in major league history. And the sky is the limit for this guy. I mean, he's still, you know, fairly young um, financially. I don't know what, what the ARB number could potentially go to 35, $40 million a year, but you know, for what he means to that organization and, and what people truly don't understand is that he's got a country on his back every hmm. night watching every move. And yep. he is truly one of the more remarkable stories that I've ever seen in baseball. Nice. All right, Gene, man. Uh, again, thank you for taking your time. I know it's a busy time for you. Like you said you had meetings this morning and everything. So I, I appreciate your time and talking to us, man. And I definitely want to talk to you again sometime soon. Thanks, Gino. Right, guys. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. All right, thanks. All right, man. There you go. Um, yeah, you see that two That's out a of lot ten, to digest. It bro. is. He's. I can talk to him all day. And you know what? And I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll leave it on this note. I'll promise you this. If the Dodgers have to play that game, that one playoff game against the Cardinals, and they lose, this will be this will be on Manfred's list of basically people raising hell about the change we do. Mm-hmm. Giants, I don't know, but if a team like Dodgers, defending champions, lose to the Cardinals next week and they got to play that game, we'll talk really quickly about changing <laughs> this rule. You'll see Magic making move. Magic will be on first take, like, hey man. This ain't right. I'm it shutting down Starbucks. Yeah, 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 ex- exactly. <laughs> Listen to the Sports Crime broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. Are you gonna be? Say that oh, you're gonna oh, be. Oh, oh, oh. 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios, Calvin Casey, Mike Harge. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail. That's Zing Zang. They have a lot of different variety of flavors to choose from. They're ready. Alcohol-made drink is already in your local liquor stores. Make sure you go pick that up as well, too. Or you can just add your favorite liquor. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports grind. Calvin, right. can you can you uh, rap like Twister? No, man. I can't rap, period. I, I can't. I mean, I can tell you about the game. I can tell you who's garbage and who's trash in the last three <laughs> years, but I can't do it. I was one of those who knew because I'm from the area where every brother, everybody was trying to spit bars. Everybody had their own little group. And I knew that's just not for me. I'm looking at other stuff. I either need to be sports agent, whatever. And plus, it's from San Antonio. I was like, man, ain't nobody made it out. There's been a few people, ain't nobody made it out here because nobody down here, the local stations, even back in the day, 20 years ago, the hip-hop station, they don't support really the local people. Like, you got to blow up outside this city. They, oh, okay. It ain't like Houston in the box. It ain't like them. Right, right, you know, that's right, the difference. Right, so, no, right, I can't rap, but right. I can tell you he's trash. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, uh, no, good interview with Gene. I like that one, Hart. That was a good one. I think, you know, yeah. the baseball Did line in that, in that whole ram of what he's, you know, what he's talking about. Um, yeah, Gene and I grew up together. We've known each other for a very long time. We went, we played against each other growing up. He was from Temple. I'm from Colleen. Mm-hmm. And as we went through our baseball careers, we ended up linking back up again. And, and he's a good one. He's been in the game a long time. He's seen a lot. And he's been mm-hmm. on that scouting part, which is probably the hardest thing to do because – there's a lot riding on making sure you got the right pick. You know and and I can tell he's a humble guy because I, that's why I wanted to lead off with about the grind, but he didn't really want to yep. make it about him. It was more about the players, but I just wanted the fans though, like, look, that's a, that ain't getting together on a Sunday and having a two hour draft and drinking beer, man. That's a, building a team, whether it's baseball, NFL, there's a whole different monster to that. But switching gears a little bit before we get to Mike's phone call, speaking of football. Um, okay. A couple things, Arge, um, you know, Deshaun Watson rumors are heating back up with Philly. Um, you know, and I know seeing with Facebook Live and Warren King, I mean, he's an H-Town fan saying, hey, we've got his my run rookie quarterback situation scary. We got to trade Bill Cosby. Stop it. That's so out of line, Warren. Trying to be funny. It's funny, but <laughs> Deshaun ain't Bill, man. Deshaun ain't done nothing wrong, man. It's just like I said, we've been investigating this damn thing for eight, nine months. No charges. Yeah, okay. But I digress. I'll tell you this. If it's true about Philly, which I thought it was going to come down to Philly or Carolina, but I'll tell you because the Carolina owner was I thought it was him, Miami, too. But that's Miami. who you beat me to it. I was going to bring Miami to him and say, hey, if this is true, Miami, you got to get on the horn because you've already showed your cards, and it's affected this team. It's affected a 10-win team of last year, a second-year coach in Brian Flores, and um, they've got they've to try to win Deshaun Watson because I think their offensive line, the people in their locker room – uh, you can't fool professional athletes these days from the front office. They got too much information. They know whether you believe in a guy or not, and it's obviously they don't. They've got to do whatever they can to beat Philly out for Deshaun Watson. That's my opinion because that's something that they might not ever cover from, and who knows? Tua might get healthy. Tua at the say, say, hey, you know what? I don't want to be here either. Move me or kind of do what you want to do this way. So that's my thoughts on that. Um also, I brought it up at the beginning of the show, Hards, but what is your thoughts on Dan Quinn's comments in regards to saying, hey, look, he talked to the media and saying, look, we ain't turned no corner. They, I'm looking at film, and there's still we got to play a little bit faster. 
He goes, we talked about that. He goes, but we're we're not there. We're not there yet. How do you like that? I love it. I love it. It goes back to what you talked about, his his pedigree. He was with the Legion of Boom. You know, he knows what speed looks like. He has some headhunter gangsters back there mm-hmm. that will go out there and do something. And, yeah, they've had success. And as we talked about before, the biggest thing for me is that they're leading the league in turnaway. I mean, uh, takeaways. So don't, that, to me, has been the biggest change. We've talked about some of the things that we've seen individually. But the fact that he's got this team creating turnovers is the most impressive part for me because when you create a turnover, that means that other team's not getting points. Right. And you're giving your chance, you're giving your team another opportunity to get there. So for for him to say that and being humble enough to say, whoa, 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 we haven't bust grapes yet. Hmm. That's that's impressive to me. And another thing, too, he's also been on that other side where his team has given up. Uh, twenty-eight to three lead. If we haven't forgotten, true, true. So, so humble, humble pie has been served to him. So he don't want these guys reading their press clippings. He want them pushing more and more towards the front. Because one thing that if you go back and you watch it, even though they're creating turnovers, Cowboys hadn't really stopped anybody on the run really, and they're still giving up a lot of passing yards. And it goes back to what we've talked about too: the the bending but don't break. Yeah. type of defense in which they're playing a cover two up top. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to keep the ball in front of them and not giving up that big play. And that's why I think this is very this, – this is a, this is a winnable game for the Carolina Panthers. I'm very high. I've been high on Dallas's offense all year, but I'll tell you, this offensive line, when you're talking about an aging Leon uh, – I mean, not Leon. I went way back. His ass is retired. <laughs> Leon, Leon Lett? Lett. You talking about Leon Smith. No, Tyrod Smith. <laughs> Tyron Smith, excuse me. When we talk about an aging Tyron Smith and line, they're going to be tested this weekend, man. They're going to be tested this Sunday. This is this is going to be one of those. And Sam, let me tell you something. Sam, I look at the stat. I think Sam Darnold, he's leading the league in some. I don't know if it's passing yards or he's up there in somewhere in a stat where people probably wouldn't even think he'd be leading. What is it, Joe? Him and Dak. Him and rushing Dak. touchdowns. Is it rushing touchdowns? I thought it was something in the air I missed it, though. I didn't know it was rushing touchdowns, but it's something in the air as well, too, I think. I don't know if it's passing yards. And stuff like that. Speaking of that, um, like I said, tomorrow is going to be an interesting show because again, we've got uh, we got a station announcement tomorrow, and also a lot of college, you know, in football. I, I hate that this weekend. I mean, I'm eager to see Sunday night like everybody else. You know, Tom going back to Foxborough, but I hate that it's falling on the same weekend of a very important weekend for the NFC West. This is a huge weekend for the NFC West. If you mean they got to play each other, they the matchups, Seattle. San Fran, Rams, Arizona, huge. I wish, if it wasn't for Tom going back to Gillette, that Arizona and Rams game should be Sunday night, to be honest with you. But we'll right, talk about right. all that when we uh, tomorrow. But when we get back, we'll get the Mike's phone call. We'll wrap a couple other things up before we get out of here. You listen to the Sports Crime. We'll be back. At the gate outside, when they pull up, they give me loose. Yeah, jump out, boys. That's Nike boys hopping our coops. Way too big when we pull All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760. Broadcasting here for the Rounders Card Club Studios. Calvin Casey, Mike Harge, Jonas Clark, producer. All right, we still got two more seconds. I thought we were coming back to the last segment. I'm trying to get out of here already. <laughs> like, what? We got like hey, I, you I sitting was the clock you like, keep hey, rolling. I was like, like okay, man, it ain't the, okay. like, you sit at clock like, man, it ain't five yet. 
You stare you at that stay away from Hazel Scott, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, yes, Hazel Scott, make sure you go to their online so you can get all the products that they have. Um, all right, so check this out. Uh, before we get to my phone call, a um, couple things I want to transition to. Yeah, I told you about the matchup. I, I really, that this is a monster matchup for the NFC West. Don't forget also, tune in tomorrow. We've got Hardest pick. we got the foundation picks that I'm going to give you as well, too. Nine and three out in fire. Going to look and make sure I, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's tonight. Uh, but let's go to college in our backyard because I want to put this out there before we go because, you know, UTSA is off to a great success under Coach Trailer, And Jonas was having this conversation with me, and he had brought me some to my attention that Trailer the last time I think, was it Monday he met with the media? Jonas, was, this was after Saturday's victory or Monday, right? Right. It was on our Monday media call. Okay. And on that call, what did Trailer, what kind of comparison did Trailer have to say? About? Well, I actually have the audio right here for you. You do have the audio. Yeah, okay. Do, We've got yeah. audio. Okay. I'm still getting used to all this. Hey, I got this for you. We got audio. Okay, man. Well, let's hear what you got. Uh, there'll be a day we'll look back and kind of what LaDainian Thomason did for TCU. We'll probably all look back and go, you know what? Sincere McCormick did that for our university. Kind of what Ricky Williams did for Mac Brown at Texas back in 1999. I think there'll be a day we'll all look back and go, what Sincere did for our program. Um, Ricky and LT. He got one of them right. And LaDainian Thomas. I hear what Trailer's trying to say. I love Trailer. I hear what he's trying to say. I think he's absolutely right with LaDainian Thomas with TCU because honestly, TCU, when he got there, kind of put on that. Ricky Williams, trust me, Ricky Hart knows this. Ricky gave Texas and Mac Brown a lot of run that time when he was going through those few years running the ball. But you got to think, man, Earl Campbell. Uh, who else? Roosevelt Leaks. Okay. You, there's a Roosevelt lot that, Leaks. that he even knows that I can't. Chris Holmes. Yes. I, 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 and again, he's probably just, you know, he knows where he's at. He's in that 70-mile radius. of this, So he's trying to give love. I don't that what he's saying about McCormick, I think, applies to LaDania at TCU, not Ricky at Texas, because Texas was already on the map. Texas was just, I mean, the day we're running back, you coming into over a course of 30, 40 years already. Right. But in, in terms of recruitment and what it does for the I think that Ricky took Texas even in the Mac Brown era with Mac at coach, took it to another level. TCU had been around somewhat, but, but but LT really took it to the next level. And I think that's sincere when you look at and he's averaging, like uh, Coach said, he's the best four and a half yard running back in the country. This is what, this is yours, Arch. This one's. This hey, one's I'm here. telling you right now, I've been a big fan since Sid McCormick. I've been saying it um, ever since I've been able to talk to San Antonio because I appreciate what he does. I love Jeff Trailer for what he's doing for the San Antonio the 210 down there. But let me tell you this, LaDainian Tomlinson put TCU back up on the map. He was the one that made everybody think it's cool. Ricky, people, running backs were going to Texas for a long, long time, and yeah. they're going to continue to go to Texas. We got one right now, B. John Robinson, that's talking about Ricky and Cedric Benson and all those backs that were there during that time. I get Trailer's message, right. and I understand I it. Yeah. And I'm riding with him. I told y'all that before. He is one of my favorite people. Him and Sam Pittman from Arkansas. I know, don't hurt me, Texas fans. But I know Sam Pittman is the all shucks guy. <laughs> and Jeff Trailer is that good old. He rather just, like he said, he'll eat queso and salsa out the bottle. Yeah, He don't even care. And I love that about him. But 
Ah, LaDainian, yes, because it was a smaller college. It's not one that it's not the flagship university, but Sincere McCormick is a boss. Yeah, but I got I'm with Harge on this. I got the message. I know what he was trying to say, which was a good comparison. I just think Ricky, uh, I I mean, Ricky, that was a heck of a run, but they had other I mean, running, but but you're right. LaDainian is from San Antonio. Ricky's from Cali. So, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? That ain't Texas born. Good that's point. Texas raised, you point. know what I'm saying? All right, 736-976. Let's go to the phones here. Let's go to Mike. Mikey on the sports ground here on Ticket 760. What's up, Mike? Okay, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you guys some uh, facts today about the uh, quarterback situation uh, with uh, Chicago. I'm just going to bring out a couple of names of, of how you can destroy a man's career by uh, putting him out mm-hmm. on the field too early. Uh, as you know, I, I used to live in Houston. I'm going to give you a name of a guy. He well, I don't think he was going to be that good of a quarterback anyway. But uh, David Carr, David Carr's career was ruined due to the fact that Houston didn't have an offensive line. Second of all, we can go to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck should still be in the league right now, but the Indianapolis coach failed to uh, find him an offensive line, so he had to retire early. And then just the other night, I watched uh, one of those 30 for 30 documentaries about Alex Smith, the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. His career was shortened in San Francisco due to the fact that they they didn't put an offensive line around him, and then Colin Kaepernick took over uh, after he was replaced. So uh, with the with the situation in Chicago, they need to go ahead and go with Nick Foles until they can uh, get a new coach in there. Because of right now, he he's just a sitting duck out there, and and if they continue to allow him to get beat up, get sacked six or seven times a game. It's going to ruin this man's career. So I hope Chicago does the right thing and, and bring in another coach and so this man can have a good career in the NFL. And I thank you for taking my call. All right, Mike. Thanks. And you forgot it. about VY and, and Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher ruined VY. Okay. Well, ruined before him. I get that, I let Mike know, like, that's the best phone call Mike you had in over two years. Just to let you know. Because you, know, <laughs> you came in with some facts and stuff. You got to get that out of the way. Now, wait, wait, hold on, Harge. Now, wait a minute. Now. Vince Young, look. I, look, I would, I've conceded this because I've had this conversation over the years over this show. I was a Jeff Fisher fan. Okay, I thought he was mm. a good coach. Mm. I'll give you this. He, um, Jeff, Vince Young got Kaepernick before Kaepernick did for different reasons. Vince Young, the day he decided to throw a towel, allegedly, in front of the locker room at Jeff Fisher was the day that his career in the NFL start getting on that list. No, we don't want him. We don't want him. Now you think because you you think that Tennessee, you think he didn't have a good line back then or didn't they? Is that what you're trying to say with Vince? Jeff Fisher is not a good coach. Steve McNair covered up a lot of his flaws because Steve McNair was a great quarterback. Go back and look at what Kerry Collins did. Go look back at Nick Foles' time in L.A. Yeah, Awful yeah. coach that was leading the team. Bruh, you, listen, Jeff. Wh- why ain't Jeff Fisher getting no phone calls from nobody right now? Yeah, don't man. say it's because he ain't won. Look, if McCarthy can get a job, Jeff Fisher should have got a job. And people realize Jeff Fisher is not a good coach out of there okay all right we're up against it so i can't rebuttal your honor on that one we're up <laughs> you can bring it, it back to yeah, me when you i come might back, have one I little thing know. to it okay. i know you liked him seven three six nine seven six you listen to the sports crowd we'll be back
Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kind of odd. No barking from the dog. All right, <laughs> back here on the sports grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show was presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop. Make sure you go visit their website at hazelskyonline.com. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Cover 3. Cover 3's got locations in Austin here in San Antonio. What else do they provide for us, Harge? Make sure you go over there and watch Thursday Night Football, whether you're watching football, want to go have a drink. They got a great happy hour in San Antonio. They got an mm. unbelievable patio in Austin. You can go up there and say hello to the crew. Special thanks to Doug Young and Matt Dotson. They are the owners of Cover 3. Continue mm. to shout them out and make sure you go and have a good time. Nice, nice. Cover 3, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, real quick before we get out of here, a couple of things. Uh, we had some tweets uh, Jonas wanted to put out there. What do you got, Jonas? Oh, I was checking lines for a second. Really oh, fast. you're checking lines. <laughs> well, I got most of those. But we had some tweets that we wanted to get out. Um, but let me see. Here we got, uh, you know, real quick while you looked that up, Jonas, the Vince Young conversation before. Come on, um, bring it to me. Look, man. Oh, I get it. I, I probably maybe gave Jeff Fish a little bit more credit, but I will say maybe it's the 85 Bears bias. He was part of that team, but also, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. Dyson, just a little bit more stretch over there. Man's got a Super Bowl, but then you're going to tell me, man, that's all Steve McNair. He got him that team. Oh, oh, I have to go back and look at you, it. You know what I think, to give some credit to what you're saying, I think Jeff Fish's problem, because I remember how bad, yes, when they, you know, golf, all them, whatever, under the the thing I will say is I think he didn't like the new era of football that was in coming about to come back in or whatever. I just think Jeff couldn't relate and didn't relate to that type of style. And it kind of the game kind of started to pass him by. And, um, you know, there was a stretch there for he wasn't like Bill Cowher, but there was a stretch there where Jeff Fisher's name was linked to a lot of different openings for years. Even, you know, flirted with college because he's alumni for USC years ago. They kicked the tires around and then it kind of faded out to the uh to the forefront there what you got jonas so actually continuing this conversation as well uh james on twitter said uh he was supposed to be mcnair's replacement he never fixed his throwing mechanics this is obviously speaking of vince young some fisher uh but he never put in the work he had chris johnson cj2k and decent defense but couldn't make it work but Kerry collins could win with fisher he owes some of that failure too so, oh, no doubt. No, 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 no. Vince, Vince is not pure in this situation. And if I implied that, I'm sorry, because that is not the truth. Uh-huh. But he never empowered Vince. As my man Frank says, he didn't want Vince. But just like uh, Mangini didn't want uh, Colt McCoy. So he put uh-huh. him out there and gave him fake plays, so go into the huddle and call out bad plays. These are factual conversations that have been had. I think, but I think when v, when Vince Young got an opportunity with the Eagles, did he? Yeah, did he, he when was he was in the Packers for a little bit too? For yeah. yeah, he went to the Packers. I, I think too. the optics of Vince, basically, you know, in the club, the Patron, no shirt on. I, I think those, you know, <laughs> Vince was turning up, and they're honestly caring. Like, I mean, he took him light to the entourage. CGI Fridays, yeah, CGI entourage Fridays. too much, man. Vince was Vince was renting out airplanes and traveling parties. I was like, Vince was just like that. That Rose Bowl, Vince was partly in that one for some years. But I think, but make no mistake about it, Vince yeah. wasn't even allowed to carry a clipboard as a backup and get a check because of Jeff Fisher. I will tell you that. 
I don't know how much pull, but Jeff Fisher's old school, old bull neck. They made he made sure that tile incident that Vince never really got a fair shake. But that whoever tweeted that, I do agree that Vince did own some of this. I agree with that also. So that was James on Twitter. We also had Mike guys. He's a good interview all around. Going back to our interview with Gene Watson. So if he remembers correctly, the Royals played the Rangers at the Alamo Dome here in San Antonio for two games in the spring of 2016. The Royals yep. brought the World Series trophy. He had a really cool, uh, really cool time. And Casey Robb checked in and said, Mike is wrong about Alice Smith because his career got back on track in KC. Fat checking over here. Laugh out loud. Hey, man, just ring the, ring the other golden boy in this week. Don't have no other, <laughs> don't know this exception. That's what you worry about, Rob. Jaguars. Anyway, man. Jaguars plus seven and a half. Can I touch it? No, nah, I'm not touching that anyway, period. All right, man. Already Special thanks to the producers of the show. Uh, Jonas Clark, Mike Harge, my man Bartlett subbing in for Sam, San Antonio, Corpus, Laredo, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, for it to snooze button before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow. With classes in crisis communication, influence, and data presentation, Gonzaga University's online Master's in Communication and Leadership equips you with the tools you need to communicate clearly and encourage creativity in any industry. Concentrations in digital media, strategic communication, and global leadership allow you to customize your degree. Visit gonzaga.edu communication and learn why a master's degree from Gonzaga can help you take your career to the next level. That's gonzaga.edu communication.